My name is Cadillac Jack. I joined Atlanta Radio when I was 19 years old, put in a loyal 26 years. Welcome to my second act. My name is Donna and I'm Caddy's wife. Wouldn't it be nice to have like 16 good looking men just naked chasing y'all around <laughs> on just a Wednesday? A Wednesday night? Uh, yeah. Well, here's the thing. I was watching The Bachelorette last night, which, again, I don't know why. Here, the, the TV comes on to it, and you have no intention of watching it, and then you get, like, sucked in to that vortex, which I did. So I was watching it, and she hosted a volleyball tournament. And she said whoever the losing team was had to strip down. It was like strip volleyball. And, I mean, they stripped down. They had nothing on when they returned to the house. So there was, like, nine of them walking back completely naked. And I was just thinking, like, she's the oldest bachelorette. Like, where in your life, like, if you're listening to this and you're a single woman, maybe an older single woman, I mean, you're younger, naked people chase you around, you know, but an older single woman, unless you went to, like, one of those weird KOA nudist campgrounds. Like, K- KOA. Yeah, like in Wyoming. I, I, don't, I don't think that they endorse nakedness. <laughs> but you KOA. know that weird naked campground up in Helen. Well, it's not Helen, but in the North Georgia mountains, yes. I've never been, but I've heard of it. Like those type of men where you're like, eh. But you'd be okay with some like, lacrosse players. Yes. And, uh, I mean, of the proper age. Again, I'm not, you know, I wouldn't want like young people. But I mean, if you were like a certain age and you could get like nine, ten, hell, I mean, two, three naked, good looking men to chase you around, that would be pretty good. When when have men chased you around naked in your life? Mm. I don't think, I don't know. I don't want to go into that <laughs> here. I'm sure in college somewhere. I don't know that they were chasing me. We were all probably chasing each other. I'm not getting into this. <laughs> I tried to plant the seed. Yeah. Okay. Would you go to a naked campground? Like, would you go Absolutely to a Absolutely, I would. Oh, gross. What to, is I've wrong been to, with it you? It's not naked. It's nude. Okay, why would you go to I, a nude I've been to a nude beach. I have too. That's different. That's different. We've been to like, we. you've been to a nude beach in the French somewhere somewhere St. Martin foreign land. St. Martin we've been to a nudist beach in Miami where I mean people are just nude that's different I'm talking about a nudist colony where like you drink your coffee in the morning nude and you like brush your hair and finger the paper ugh. as you're reading it you know page ugh. to page gross all right well noted that yeah. Donna would be okay with uh, any female, any women, woman listening buff, today, naked would men be. chasing her around yeah. on a random Wednesday. Have at it, she says. All right, let's connect on social media at ATL Cadillac on Instagram and Twitter, and uh, let's also communicate via voicemail and text. We have a dedicated podcast line. Come straight to my phone seven seven zero four six four six zero two four. What was your hype song? My hype song on the way here today is one that it doesn't matter where you are. Say you're in your car, and and when you hear the song on the Spotify hype song playlist, when it pops up randomly, you're going to try to match Mariah Carey's runs. Oh boy! In the song "Emotion." Oh my gosh! All right, well, let's hear you try to do it. Oh no, I can't. And nor can Mimi. By the Mariah Carey can't even hit those runs anymore. But you try. How does it go? Me? Yeah, stop. 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 Yeah. So that's um. I just I heard it the other day and I've, I've been listening to it. I think. Takes, she's, takes me back to my high school days. She's got a um she has a new autobiography out where she talks about some crazy stuff. You know she was very young when she got signed by Tommy Matola. 
from Didn't, wasn't she in a relationship with? Yes, him? they were married, okay. and she basically says that it was like this Fengali relationship where he what's, what's that mean? well, like he controlled everything, and she was almost like a prisoner in her house. It was a very difficult relationship to get out of because he represented her as a manager and was kind of involved in her success and growth as an artist. I mean, he, like I said, he signed this girl from, I think she's from New Jersey or New York, you know, definitely New York. But I mean, when she was very young and made her successful, it kind of reminds me of like the Shania Muttling thing, except they were more of the same age. But he had complete control over what she wore, who she talked to, what she, you know, how she sang, what songs she recorded. She did a, um interview with Oprah, and she kind of opened up about everything. All right. What was your jam song? My jam song was, it's not really a jam song, but it's just a great song. It's called uh, She Talks to Angels. There's a downer. Well, but it's a, just a great song. It's a classic um, Black Crow song, and it's from the album Shake Your Money Maker. You know, Chris and Rich Robinson are the uh, brothers from Black Crows, and they grew up in Marietta. And um, they started out as Mr. Crow's Garden. And I... I, I kind of knew I was around the scene that time and there was a manager for them and I cannot remember his name. I was trying to think of it this morning and my friend Nicole was dating him. And so we would go hang out at the point. Now, if you're like a long-term Atlanta listener and you're old like me, you may know where the point is, but it was in little five points. It was literally the point of little five points. And so we would go there and watch bands and I was dating this guy that was a bartender and she was dating this manager <laughs> and it was Mr. Crow's garden and they would play there all the time. And I mean, we thought they were good, but we were kind of like, eh, you know, had no idea they were going to, and, and almost like overnight, they released Shaker Moneymaker. And I remember the manager would take CDs around because you remember it had the crow on the front. And then I think they, they, they had original album art and then they changed it. But he would carry these boxes of CDs in his car. And my friend Nicole would get so mad because everywhere they went, he was like, hang on, I've got to run in here and just drop off some CDs to people. And then they hit like overnight. And those two brothers, they battled it out. I always think it's interesting when you have like siblings in a band, the dynamic, you know, you've got Oasis, Liam and Noel Gallagher. I mean, they would literally get in like fights on stage. And these guys would too. I think they're in a good place now. But you know, um, Chris Robinson had a baby with... Um, Kate Hudson, mm-hmm. writer is his name. He's older now, but he went on to like, I mean, he was like kind of in the Hollywood scene there for a while. Weren't they planning on doing a huge tour before the pandemic hit and they were going to do Shake Your Money Maker Start from to beginning finish. to end? Was yeah. that the album though? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And that was such a great album. But I think they called it off because of the pandemic. Well, they had to, but maybe they'll reschedule. Yeah. But great band. All right. Two new songs going to be added to the Spotify Hypes on playlist. We are classified as a music podcast, but podcasts are unable to play music. So we use the Spotify playlist as a, an addendum to the podcast. So every two hype songs discussed at the top of each episode since we launched in early January are included on our Spotify playlist and just go there and search Caddy and Donna hype song or hype songs in like 48 hours where the music's going to we'll come up. up. Why, why the podcast gods have to be so mean? Hopefully that'll change. Yeah. Sometime soon. Garth Brooks is in the news. Uh, Fun is going to hit on November 20th. Fun is a brand new album um, from Garth. He's also going to, that same day, release a new concert album. And they, some of the music 
on fun you've heard i know that the blake shelton garth brooks uh collaboration dive bar is going to be on there and he and trisha are also going to include uh their version of swallow okay it's shallow it's not swallow it's shallow from a star is born yes okay it's shallow okay all right well that, excuse me Donna. Oh. They're, they're gonna they've recorded that song and they're gonna actually i think they're gonna service that to country radio that's gonna be like the next single here's my thing i garth think the trisha. title's weird do you for Garth Brooks, I just it doesn't match. Like fun, it's just a one word name. Fun. Yeah, that's it. I wonder if he had a different name, and then the pandemic came along, and he was like, "We need some fun." The album's the been done for two years. Oh well, and they just haven't. I mean, he he, he certainly could have renamed it. Garth Brooks can do anything. Yes, he could have renamed the project, but it, the 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 music's been for most of it's been in the can for like two years now. It just hasn't been released, and then uh, the pandemic pushed it back. As so many artists discovered music being pushed back because of the pandemic release dates for new music things. And um, so he said, fourth quarter, what a better time. Let's just put it out there. Fourth quarter it's like, yeah, Garth, come on. Fourth quarter is when all new music drops because of the holidays. And it's always been that way. I hope that there's like a barn burner Garth song on there, you know, like the old days, Garth. I want to hear that. My question is, are those days of country kind of in the past? You know, like there's, there, there could be some, I mean, he was always so great about releasing some song that you were just like blown away by the dance or, you know, whatever, low places. But I wonder if, if that song, whatever it is, came out now, if we would feel the same about that kind of music, because it's such a different time in country music, you know, but I, I think it would be great for him to release something that just took over. November 20th, new stuff from Garth Brooks. Fun is the name of it. We've had a lot of conversations on this podcast about music and the pandemic and music and artists that have been crippled because they can't tour during a pandemic. And I think that the touring industry, Donna, maybe more so than any other industry, has been affected so much because there are industries that that, that continued without a glitch even making the transition to working at home. Uh, the restaurant bar industry was shut down for the longest time, but now they're starting to reopen. Um, but the music and touring industry specifically, they, haven't even, they hadn't even begun to dig out yet because there's no timeline. They, they couldn't possibly even try to piece together a timeline because no one knows when live music is going to come back on a scale of touring in stadiums or even touring in 10,000 seat venues because of social distancing and the liability that could potentially fall. Write that down about liability. I want to ask Mark Wills about that, the liability. What does he know about the liability of an artist that would maybe tour or do a concert during the pandemic? So we've had all of these questions, and we know that you have as well. And I kept thinking, you know what? I have not seen or heard an interview or a podcast or something on entertainment tonight about, you know, or with an artist speaking about how the pandemic has affected them personally in the music industry and in the touring industry. And I kept thinking there's something there. I have so many questions that I want to ask. So uh, Mark Wills has been a friend of mine for well over 20 years. Mark is a, a country artist. You may be familiar with some of his songs, uh, 19 something back at one don't laugh at me. Wish you were here. I do cherish you. 
handful of number one hits through the years, many awards and accolades too. Mark lives in Woodstock, Georgia, which is a suburb of Atlanta. And Mark and I met when he was the lead singer of the house band at the Buckboard Country Music Showcase. And we both, uh, Mark's up in the North Georgia mountains, but we both kind of got to town, Don, at the same time. We were both 19. We both couldn't be in the Buckboard, but we were. Kind of grew up together. And have always stayed in touch. We ran into Mark and his wife, Kelly, maybe a month ago at a very small private music event here in Atlanta. It was great to catch up with him. And so you and I have had conversations about who, who, who could we have, who could we invite to be a part of a, um, an oral history about the music business and the touring business during the pandemic. And I said, you know what? I'm going to reach out to Mark. And so I did. And Mark said, I'm in. Absolutely. And I said, I, I want to have a really raw personal conversation, Mark, about how it has affected you personally, how it has affected you professionally, how it has affected your band, and your, your psyche, crew, yep. your tour dates, um, so many different things that we're going to be able to touch on. And we're recording this episode with Mark Wills this week, and it's going to be released as uh, a regular episode of My Second Act on Thursday, October 29th. So something to look forward to um, after Mark's been sidelined. I know that he told me that he had 150 dates on the books, dates meaning concerts between March and, say, October. And of those 150, he's hoping to get six in. Which is crazy. Financially. Devastating. It's devastating. Well, and I think he's in that perfect pocket of an artist that we want to talk to because... Um, he's not, and this is no slight to Mark, but he's, you know, he tours a lot. He's one of those road warrior people that we talk about. He does private events. He does concerts, big concerts. He does fairs. He does festivals. He does it all. He does songwriter events. Um, he is not doing huge stadium tours like a Kenny Chesney or Jason Aldean where you're a little bit financially protected. You know, hopefully you have earned enough money over the years you know if Tim McGraw and Faith Hill never record another song they're probably going to be okay if they never step on another stage personally will they be okay I don't know you know from a psychological standpoint if you're an entertainer and you can't walk back on stage but financially they'll be okay Mark is one of those perfect artists who has achieved enormous success and has been able to kind of pick and choose how he wants to do his career you know if he wants to do private events or like we were saying work you know work a ton of you know, be on the road for his kids are grown for four months at a time and then come back and all of that changed. So it, it will be interesting because I think the, the big questions that I also have, and I know everyone listening does too, is everything you just went over. And yes, definitely. How are, how is your band affected? How does that work? Do our artists, are they on the payroll? You know, do they only get paid if they're out? Do big artists have them on the payroll? Do they get a check all the time only when they're touring there's just a million questions well i think that's a big difference too i know that kenny chesney has 180 employees on his payroll and they have not missed a check right and he has said i will cut from my life as much as i need to right. with spending and things like that just to make sure that these 180 people that rely on me right get get a check during the pandemic until the very end or until we're able to hit the road again right um they're that's maybe 5%. Yeah. If that of Most the number of, of 5% of the artists in any genre of music that are able to do that. And how amazing that he can do that. You know, no slight to him. But most artists, you're right, aren't able to. 
And the word that everyone uses in the pandemic is pivot. And artists are having a very hard time pivoting because what does an artist do who, you know, you could start doing private lessons, but kids aren't taking private lessons for music. You could, you know, and you can do some of these um, virtual events or drive-ins and these, but that, it takes a lot to get that off. And we'll talk to him about that. That is not an easy feat. And that costs money to get going. And you're not, as we've talked about before, you're not going to make as much money if you can only have a small number of cars. So I just think it's a very tricky time. It's a tricky time for all of us, but I think you're right. There is no industry that has been hurt harder than the music industry. And when you think of the music industry, there was a great article that Georgia Public Broadcasting put out, and it was about production companies. It was the the people that, you know, build stages, that do gripping, that do lighting. It's not just the people who perform on the stage. It's the people who take the tickets at events. It, it goes so deep. And, and those are not jobs that are easy to pivot and go do something else for. I thought about this the other day as we were, you know, for the film industry too. Where we live in North Atlanta, they have done a lot of filming in the past. They did filming for, you know, Stranger Things, for Ozark, everything. And you would see the signs all the time, the filming signs. When I worked downtown... In downtown Atlanta, they were constantly filming. They were filming in our building. They filmed Ant-Man. It was all the time filming going on. I have not seen any of those signs in probably six months. And I think a lot of that has to do with how do you safely put crews together to produce movies and to film movies. But it just shows you that that entire industry has really just been hit with a tsunami. And by them being affected, it affects all of us because we can't go see live music. There's no... I, I talked, told you the other day, like, even if movie theaters opened right now, what would they release? And I've seen lately that a couple of the movie theaters, like AMC, released a Black Pink, which is a band, um, a Japanese girl band. It released a documentary that is also simultaneously playing on Netflix. Netflix. So it, I think just overall, it, it affects people so much. You don't even realize. Well, the entertainment industry, and I, I think that, that includes music, it includes theater, it includes TV production, it includes movie production. Um, the arts also probably hit just as hard as Absolutely. the music and touring industry with Broadway down until, yep. what, third quarter of 2021? Maybe. We don't even know. So, The Fox how, has not opened their doors. How does an artist adapt in, in times that we have never seen before? How is the music industry, the touring industry, and the artists that make up that industry, how have they been affected? Where is the finish line? Exactly. Where are we going from here? How is live music as we knew it going to change and be affected? It's, um, you know, Mark and I have a great relationship, and he was truly excited about this project when I reached out to him. And I know that he's going to be brutally honest about everything that has been turned upside down since they've been sidelined back in March. And it's not just Mark Wills. There are so many artists that relate and are living the story that he's living right now as well. Yeah. So we're going to re- it. release it as an episode of my second act Thursday, October 29th. So be looking, f- uh, be looking for that. And we'll continue to talk about it as we lead it up, you know, lead up to the release in, in that particular day. But we're recording it this week and uh, I think it's going to be, um, if you're interested in the music industry and, and, and radio and broadcasting and concerts and touring, it's a peek behind the curtain. It's going to be just that. So, 
we uh, appreciate Mark and his uh, willingness to come on and be honest about everything. If you can add a splash of bourbon to your sweet potato souffle this Thanksgiving, you do that, right? I'd probably pour not, a whole bottle. Yeah, yeah yep. considering everything that's going on. In 2020, on. yep. Dinner, we've had so many people ask us about dinner affair and, and Thanksgiving. So I reached out to Ken and Stephanie. They own Dinner Affair here in Atlanta, local business owners. And I said, you know what? Getting a lot of questions about Thanksgiving. What's going on? And so Stephanie sent me this great email with a link about what they're offering. And Dinner Affair is offering you Thanksgiving in a package, or you can also add individual sides or even a turkey to your order. Two types of turkey, a traditional one with cranberry sauce and then the jerk turkey breast with plum sauce. Uh, large breasts that serve six to eight people. $36 is the price for a turkey breast with plum sauce. Spicy jerk seasoning, chopped rosemary, it's roasted to perfection, and then served with the dinner affair plum sauce to create the perfect balance. Great for a, a gourmet Thanksgiving dinner, Donna, or just a, a Friendsgiving. You know what they call it? Friendsgiving, yeah. I'm so excited about this. If you um, are the person like we talked about on a previous pod where you're the house where everyone always comes for Thanksgiving, sometimes it is so much easier to just have your Thanksgiving done for you. It's not a meal that you're going to miss cooking, trust me. And it's so nice to be able to make your meal and then spend time with the people that are coming to Thanksgiving. Um, you don't have to worry about running back and forth and trying to heat everything up and getting everything at the table on time. It's just so nice. So this is a perfect way to do Thanksgiving this year. Make it super easy. It's not expensive. And you know what? The food's going to be good. That's the other thing. Is there anything worse than cooking a turkey, which I think I've cooked, you know, now? 22 turkeys in my lifetime who knows how many and they've all been fantastic but sometimes like you can cook it and cook it and cook it and then you're so afraid when you cut into it. you're like is it done oh my gosh is it done and so it's just like it just takes that pressure off of you sweet potato souffle is a side that you can order from dinner fair for your thanksgiving feast apple raisin stuffing sour cream and chive mashed potatoes bread pudding bars with vanilla cream at or, um how do you what, what do you do when it's got the till on top of the e it's like a creme there you go Okay, and broccoli and cheddar bake are also uh, broccoli and cheddar bake is included uh, one of the sides that you can also order. Gift cards are so popular this time of year too, and Dinner Affair has gift cards available, especially since you know there are people that are avoiding travel and large gatherings for the holidays. So you can send a package to a family member in place of getting together and spreading out the cooking responsibilities. Uh, everyone makes a dish or two, so that one person isn't cooking everything. As Donna said, so a great opportunity to take Thanksgiving dinner off of your plate with Dinner Affair. Dinner, A-F-A-R-E dot com. Dinner Affair dot com. So Gallery Furniture, um, as we've talked about, had a big tent sale recently, and they still have some pieces left over, which is good news for you because they're still marked down to those sale prices. So if you were not able to get up there for the tent sale, you're welcome to come by, shop the um the location and you will find a ton of stuff and the good news about um, the back end of the tent sale is while they did sell a ton of stuff they had ordered a ton of stuff so there is a lot of inventory right now up at gallery furniture so you're not going to come up there and have slim pickings because everyone's bought everything they have tons and tons of inventory you can be able to walk through the showroom walk it with donna walk it with marilyn walk it with shane 
and you'll be able to find everything you need. This Monarch table and six chairs and the bench that they have that they show a lot on social media is beautiful. It is $849. And that's not just for the table. That includes the six six chairs and the bench. That is an unbelievable price. And the thing about this table is it doesn't, it's not one of those where it's so matchy matchy and it, you know, you're like, oh yeah, but I don't really like that set. It is gorgeous. The bench totally makes it look different. It's kind of got that farmhouse feel. And if you have like little kids, younger kids, those benches are great just to be able to pull up and shove them on those benches and feed them dinner. So lots of opportunities to go, go and look through. Recliners from $299. $299 recliners is uh, the price where they start tons of bedding options to something for all of your home needs. 1600 Browns Bridge Road, Gainesville. The Wolfman Legacy lives on at Gallery Furniture. Ask for Donna and ask for Marilyn. Would you live in a van down by the river right now? I mean, just with who? Your family. Have you seen the van life hashtag trending everywhere? I, I'm, you asked me this? I like don't on TikTok think I or, have. You haven't? I mean, I have definitely seen some people who have converted some vans into really cool living spaces, if that's what we're talking about. Yeah, van okay. life. Yeah, but I mean, I don't want to live in like a... A, a conversion ice cream van, truck. Like no. a wood, wood panel. Okay, no. Conversion van? No. All right. No conversation about living in a van would be complete without this classic Chris Farley moment from Saturday Night Live. Now, young man, what do you want to do with your life? Uh, actually, Matt, I kind of want to be a writer. Well, Adi frickin' <laughs> We got ourselves a writer here. <laughs> hey, Dale. I can't see real good. Is that Bill Shakespeare over there? Huh? Well, actually, Matt, uh, Ellen and I have encouraged Brian in his writing. Dad, I wish you could just shut your big yapper! <laughs> now, I wonder, Brian, from what I've heard, you're using your paper not for writing, but for rolling doobies. <laughs> you're gonna be doing a lot of doobie rolling. When you're living in a van down by the river. Living in a van down by the river. Chris Farley, classic moment from Saturday Night Live. During the pandemic, 52%. I, I would like to see the backstory on the survey. Sometimes you, you look at a number and you're like, eh, really? That's more than half of Americans say they'd be open to living in a van during the pandemic to save money. I mean, again, who am I in the van with? You and all the kids, and I mean, like, are all the animals in the van? Who's you, in the it's van? It's up to you. Do you Who's take do you, do you take the animals with you to the van that you live in down by the river during the pandemic? Well, that's not going to work. Number one, but here's the thing: I love, and you know this. I have always wanted to do an RV trip. I am obsessed. It's different than a van. I know, but I'm obsessed with going across the country and living in an RV, more of like a previous bus with the driver. But that's a different conversation. But anyway, I don't know about a van. Again, what kind of van? Like, well, like an ice a, cream truck? No, baby. It's like a like a Mercedes Benz Sprinter van. I don't think that's what people are living in. A Mercedes Sprinter? Yeah, that's the van that people outfit. There are companies that outfit these vans, and, and you have showers. Okay, and, I'm in. Where do you go? Where do you live? Like in people's driveways or where? What parks. Can you park a van at a campground? Of course you can. We could go to the nudie campground that we were talking about before. Invite people over to the van? Ew. Gross. We're at lot 23. You want to swing by? We tonight? have cloth upholstery. Ew. Stop. Stop. <laughs> you have to be stopped. I'm all about it. I think it's, I think it's a great trend. 
I think it'd be fun. I think, it, you know, just pack up and go. Who doesn't want to do that right now? Just pack up. But why not an RV? Why a van? Because vans are trendier and they're not near as expensive, Donna, as a Prevost bus, which is your ultimate wish for traveling the country. And that's you just that's not going to happen. With a driver named Bob. It's not going to happen. Who but has- a van is doable. We could get it wrapped, like with a sponsor. Oh, or our logo, like the My Second Act logo. Yes, and travel the country and I download the podcast on people's smartphones. Oh, I love that. And at the same time, see the country and all that America has to offer. Like a meet every listener tour. And live in a van down by the river. Why does it have to be by the river? Just because Chris Farley says so. Oh, I'm into like a van by the beach. I love this idea. Do you think that that's, the, 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 the percentage is a little high? That half of Americans say they'd be open to living in a van down by the river during the pandemic to save money. That seems high. Uh, to no, me. I don't. I don't know that and it I is. Am, but that seems. I high. don't think. I don't know that that is because I think most people are like totally into escapism right now. They want to escape life. Great news for Trump fans. Pat Robertson says God told him that Trump's going to win the election. Oh, boy. Then an asteroid's going to hit Earth and kill us all. Hmm. He also said that. Now, it's going to be five years after the president gets reelected here in a couple of weeks. But God spoke to Pat Robertson. As a footnote, I feel the need to tell you that Pat Robertson made similar predictions in the past. In 1976, he said the world would end in 1982. Well, here we are. And then in a book, I think it was like back in 90, 1990, he said that the end of time would be April 29th, 2007. And here we are again. So we don't. So, well, yeah. you never know. Third time's a charm. Well, if, if there was a year that it was going to happen, this would probably be it. Pat Robertson says so. God told him Trump's going to win the election. We're seeing record numbers of, of uh, people that are early voting. The, the statistics about early voting in this election are astounding. I know. It doesn't matter what side you are on. The fact that this country seems to be engaged. I love it. With politics and with this election, I think is, is a positive. And anytime I drive by and I've got to, I haven't done it yet. I've got to vote. And even if I wind up standing in line for 12 hours on November 3rd, going to do that. But I hope to early vote. I was doing carpool this week in the afternoon. And in Fulton County, which is where we live, they have a pop-up. A mobile, yeah, mobile vote. A pop-up voting RV. And mm-hmm. it travels around to different precincts. And I saw it the other day somewhere. And and I would have absolutely pulled in and voted. The line, I bet there weren't 10 people in line. Yeah. You don't use that as but your But I had excuse. to get to carpool. I know. But and that's not an excuse. No, I had to get to carpool. Yeah. And I don't mean you, but I mean, no one should use the excuse of there's, you know, the lines are too long. There's nowhere to vote. Especially with the early voting. If you live in Atlanta, they're saying Phillips Arena is a, I mean, I know you have to drive downtown, but it's, you can get in and out. They have so many voting machines in there that it's going super quickly. So if you just want to, you may have to make a little drive, but if you just want to get in and out really quickly and you think the voting places in your area are taking too long, but I, I love it. That's the one thing I want to say. I thought about this the other day that there are potentially people voting in this election that are 30, 40, 50 years old that have never, maybe even older, that have never voted before. It makes me sad, you know, that for whatever reason, and there's a lot of different reasons that people choose not to vote. 
But I think it's great that people are engaged. And the biggest thing that I think is the takeaway too is if you have kids that they see you vote. You know, take them with you. We did when our kids were younger. We took them with us, and yes, they would stand in line. And I've had a child yell across the room two years ago, four years ago, "Mom, please vote for the right person," and she had to be silenced. But you know what? It's important for them to see. I've had them standing in the voting when you used to literally go in and it would almost be like a little curtain, you know, and I've had them hanging on my leg. But it's important for them to see at a young age that it is important and that you don't drive up. It's not one of those things like Six Flags, like when you drive up and you're like, it's too crowded. We're going to come back another day. They need to see you come up and it be too crowded and you park your car and you get in line and they say, oh, my gosh, are we going to have to wait in this long line? Yes, we are. It's that important. And if they say to you, does it really matter anyway? It does. It does. Because you're always passing that down. And, and I will tell you, I, it is so important to me because I always went to vote with my mom or my dad. They took us. And it left this indelible impression on me that it is an incredible privilege and something that we should do. And every time you make a choice, and listen, I've made good ones and bad ones with my kids about I don't want to wait in that line. It's too long. And I'm not, again, I'm not talking about voting, but other things. You're sending that message to them of what's important and what's not. And this is important. Again, no matter who you're voting for, that's not what's important. The important thing is to vote. If you're listening on Upload Day, which is Thursday, October 22nd, the third, well, wouldn't be the third, be the second presidential debate because there wasn't, you know, there's right. supposed to be three. And then they, Trump said, I'm not doing it. And they split and did each did a town hall. The final presidential debate will be tonight, if you're listening on Upload Day. Yes. And the Commission for Debates, um, maybe the COB, right? Commission on Debate, COD, COD, COD came out and announced that uh, during that two-minute segment where you have two minutes, the other person's mic will be muted. Yes. So there's open conversation in the beginning, but then when that two-minute clock begins, unlike the first presidential debate, there will be two minutes of uninterrupted um, pitch from the candidate. Although something tells me Donald Trump's going to find a way. Like he's going to yell or, he has like or a, something like or hold up like poster boards like, where's Hunter? I'm thinking he has one of those, like my microphones, like the kids have that they karaoke on. Oh, he has his own, like yes. he brings his own and overrides yes. the system. Yes. <laughs> It like goes on an aux cable or a different channel. If anybody would do it, he would do if it. If they're smart, which we know mainstream media sometimes the is COD, not. The COD, the Commission on Debates. But they would also not split screen it. When when it's time to go, when the other person is talking, they just need to stay on that person. And not, you know, because the other thing is if you're on the other person, even though if their mic's muted, they could still be like. Do it like a, rolling, a, a face plant. Rolling their eyes, you know, doing hand motions and stuff. They just need to stay on the person who's talking. You know, they just need to keep it clean keep it but I, yeah i could see him doing that have you seen the tiktoks of him dancing on stage yes, I, have. I cannot yeah. even yeah my, there's there's a trend right now on tiktok where you do the dance where you duet you yeah. duet the president <laughs> potus of him doing that little move move that he's doing yeah where he shakes his little and people, these kids are learning it and yeah. like it's now like if the clubs were open right now the kids would be in there doing the donald oh <laughs> it's a tricky dance yeah because he's, he's where do you think that came from Thank well, you. I tell you what we'll do. We'll include the video because if you haven't seen it, it's hilarious. It really is, and it's Donald Trump looking like your Trying grandfather to get down. at a wedding. <laughs> yeah, dancing. 
We'll include it in the letter this Saturday. Text left on red, R-E-D, as the color left on red. No spaces to the number 22828. And the letter will hit your inbox Saturday morning at 910. We'll include that. See, I think Joe Biden should come out. If, if his, like, if I was on his, like, team, I would, like, come out with him doing, like, a really cool, like, to, like, Soul Man or something. And showing him with some rhythm. And almost like they could, then people would put them side by side. It'd be like, one president has rhythm. One Potential president. Do we elect a president based on rhythm? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. At but this just, point, maybe we should. Maybe. I just think it would be funny. America made third-party lab tested, locally owned and operated. We're talking about the hemp pharmacy. Again, a locally owned business by people who live in this community, Christy and Richard Roth. They live in Roswell. The hemp pharmacy is in front of the Home Depot on Wimward Parkway. And we've had a couple of people. I've, I've had someone, a couple people ask me, you know, I don't listen to Georgia. You spend a lot of time talking about Georgia. This podcast is, the content is not necessarily all about the state of Georgia. I think that the content that we discuss on this podcast are conversations that you're having already at your dinner table or at work. But the sponsors, we want to be local because we want to have a personal connection with them and know all about their business so that we can share that with you. And with Christine Richard specifically, Don, in the hemp pharmacy, it has been that way. Uh, Christine Richard did not one day wake up and say, you know what? We want to own um, a CBD uh, outlet. They saw the benefits first of using CBD products, both of them. And they both have science backgrounds. So they, they saw the benefits first and then said to themselves, you know what? I think we can do people a great uh, a great service here by explaining and having conversations with people that maybe are uh, a little reluctant. There are some uh, reluctant CBD users. There sure. are. And, and so Christy and Richard can answer any questions that you have and, and show you the benefits and how you can be helped by CBD products and CBD oil. Well, and also, um, even if you are listening, they, they also ship products. So you're, you're welcome to use them. Um, and, and they're a great resource. Again, if you live in a city where you pass by a couple of CBD places, but they look a little sketchy or you don't know the owners by listening to our podcast, we're giving you access to Christy and Richard to ask them questions directly about your questions about CBD. And it's okay. Don't feel like, you know, a lot of people have FOMO, like everybody's using the CBD. Everybody's talking about it. And I don't even know where to start. Don't worry about it. Where you start is just talk to them, tell them some of the things that you would like to have some relief from or that you're experiencing, and they will start you down the path on the best way to get started with the products. And again, we've talked about it. It does not have to necessarily be an edible or a tincture. It can be a bath bomb. It can be a lotion. It coffee. Can be coffee. It can be, they have this amazing lip balm. It's a hemp lip balm that I've been using that is to die for. It's great. Um, it could be a candy bar if you just want to start there and, and, you know, use that. It could be a gummy. Um, Tincture Tuesdays come up every Tuesday in October and you can save a ton of 20%. money. And tinctures are the best way to um, use CBD product. When I say the best way, it is the quickest way. It's called sublingual, single, sublingually and it's the easiest way to get CBD product into your system. I want to say hello to uh, pod peep Julie Henderson who reached out. Wanting the uh, hemp pharmacy discount for me. And I said, awesome. absolutely. So I shared it with her. Uh, Christine and Richard are giving us uh, the go-ahead to offer you a 20% off first purchase discount of your purchase from the hemp pharmacy. And you can reach out to me directly and we'll facilitate that. 
or visit the store front of the Home Depot, Wimberd Parkway in Alpharetta. The Hemp Pharmacy, like the Hemp Pharmacy Alpharetta Facebook page between now and Halloween. Uh, and you could score a uh, very nice, large CBD-filled Halloween gift basket. The Hemp Pharmacy Alpharetta on Facebook. We've had a cancellation for segment three. No. I don't know what he's doing. Officer Phil Ritchie was going to join us from the Alpharetta Department of Public Safety. Uh, Ritchie's also the alpha for Raider, Canine Raider. And we also do a podcast with the Appen Media Group and Appen Podcast Network called Caddy Wagon with Ritchie and Raider. Um, you and I have had so many conversations and laughed so hard. And I think he knows that we're probably setting him up. And I so think that's so. why he's he's being very, very uh, elusive. <laughs> Evasive. Is that the word? In uh-huh. his text. I know they have canine training today. Yes. Um, I'll let you. My last text from Richie was this. I'll let you know when to call. What questions are you asking exactly? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> because last night I sent him a text and I said, hey, will you be up tomorrow uh, when we record? We'd like to have you on the podcast to talk about citizens arrest. Oh, no. Yeah, he didn't want to So I gave, I, I accidentally, I shouldn't have given him that even. You give too much info. And he responds, possibly, I have canine trading at 10 and work the road. 18 hours are fun. Can it be over the phone? I was like, absolutely. I wouldn't expect you to come in. And then silence, crickets. And mm. So now, uh, what questions are you asking exactly? There is a law here in Georgia that you can make a citizen's arrest. Did we know this? I thought every state had the ability, or every every person had the ability to to make a, or the right the legal right to to make a citizen's arrest. They're trying to do away with this. It's a 150-year-old law in Georgia, and it's believed that there's going to be legislation introduced um, maybe before the end of the year that would get rid of this law from like 1863. Hmm. Have you ever made a citizen's arrest? Me, me personally? Yes. No, but I've wanted to. Tell me, let's, let's talk about this. Well, because I've, wanted we to, I've like wanted to arrest you before, definitely. But can you arrest a I don't know that you can do that. Why would you want to arrest me? Just when you've been mouthy or something, just doing something and like that I didn't like. And I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to arrest him. Just get him, get him, get him like, you know, go go somewhere overnight. Like, you know, maybe like jail or something. I don't know. (laughs) Where do you go? Like a holding place or something? If I want to make a citizen's arrest, what is the process? Do Mm -hmm. I say to you? I'm making a citizen's arrest. But what if the person says to you, no, you're, no not. you're not? Yeah, that's what I'd say to you. Stop. And they start to walk off. Can you tackle them? I don't know. Can you wrestle them? If you happen to have a taser, does this law from 1863 allow you to tase a citizen that you are attempting? They're resisting arrest at this point. Yes. Can I tase you for resisting my arrest as a citizen? Well, or could if we didn't have a taser, like if you don't have a taser, could you carry around in your trunk zip ties and a Nerf gun? Or like a rope, like they do the calves at the rodeo. Yes. And they throw the, the animal on their back and they get all four of their legs and then they tie yeah. them up. Here are some things I would like to citizens arrest for. Okay. New moms who volunteer at school, you know, who come in and say you're in charge of the the board at school, the bulletin board. You know, we're going to change the bulletin board over to the winter bulletin board. And so the room moms are always in charge of that. So you show up. And if you're a working mom, you're like, here's what we're going to do. We're going to move this here, this there, this there. Okay, go. go. If you're on three. And I've been a non-working mom, so I'm not picking on non-working moms. Because when I was a non-working mom, I was on the other side. I was probably still that way. But, you know, where you're like, well, let's talk about it. Because you don't have anything to do. Let's think about it. Let's vote. Yes. I'd like to arrest those women. Okay. I would also like to arrest the person that came up with curriculum night. I would like to arrest the person that came up with mammograms, although they're necessary. I would like to arrest the person who doesn't follow 
the procedure in the Chick-fil-A line. You always ask when you're done, what car am I following? Because you know they'll have the double lines and they'll say the maroon Nissan. Okay, stay behind the Nissan. And then this guy in his Tacoma is going to come around you. And then you know what happens? It is a big deal. Because at Chick-fil-A, they don't get it mixed up. Because they always ask you your name. What would you see on social media, though, at other fast food restaurants? Oh. Where, like, someone will stand in the drive through line holding a space for someone who's circling the building. Yes. And then there's a, like, a there, fight. There's, becomes very, very aggressive. So am yes. I, if I'm in that line as well, as a law-abiding citizen, and I have circled the building Arrest as them. I'm supposed to, can I do that? Can I step out of my car? How do I rest, restrain you? I have handcuffs. Okay. Well, let's not go there. But, yes. Can I use them, though? On you. I to make know. an arrest, a citizen's arrest, until this law. Do we have to read them their Miranda rights? What are Miranda rights? Well, we could pull them up on our phone. You have a right to remain silent. Anything you... I've had read me. It's kind of like when you're playing a tiebreaker in Alta. You have to pull up that little book. Alta Al the tennis. long tennis yeah. people. Anytime you have a tiebreaker. Anytime there was a tiebreaker, I was just like, you won. Because I just couldn't do it. I mean, you had to, it was like, add in, add out, switch sides. It's kind of like the Miranda rights. Should we arrest someone today... Just give it a trial. And see what happens. After I have you in the back of my truck, do I call 911 mm. and have them come and pick you up? Or, or do, do you I deliver you yeah, to PD? Them. Do I deliver you to headquarters? Here's the thing. We have to have suspicion. And I think we need a body cam. We need like a GoPro. So that we can prove that we were in the, the right. We're up and up. Yes. Because this law from 1863, it stands in the state of Georgia until... It is uh, soon repealed. Well, if you see a man in glasses in a truck coming after you. <laughs> With my hazards on. <laughs> you better pull my over. My flashers. Your flashers. Let's connect on the uh, podcast text and voicemail line 770-464-6024 is the number. And let's check real quick. I'm sure that oh. we've had so many people reaching yes. out, punching it up flooded. right now. Just and flooded. And that would be nothing. Okay. But thank you for uh, for listening. Yes. Appreciate that very much. Three things uh, that we'll ask of you if you are able hit the subscribe button so you don't miss anything coming up uh, new episode of caddy wagon with richie and canine raider which we will address make a note of that too we'll address the whole citizens arrest thing in monday's episode of um of caddy wagon also hustle with bill rawlings yes we just dropped an episode so um it is with the incredible philippe haddad um, who just listen for his accent, but he's an incredible chef and has a great story to tell. And we just released that. So if you, wherever you download your podcast, please download Hustle and listen to this conversation. Number two, rate and leave five-star reviews for the podcast. Number three, show our sponsors some love. And they do include Gallery Furniture in Gainesville. Uh, the Hemp Pharmacy, Windward Parkway in Alpharetta. Right in front of the Home Depot and dinneraffair.com. Dinner, A-F-A-R-E.com. Guests of the Cadillac Jack My Second Act podcast. Stay at the all-new Even Hotel at Avalon. Steps some world-class shopping dining and entertainment our thanks to executive producer carl appen who's also editor of the letter subscribe and it'll hit your inbox this saturday morning at 9 10 with lots of extra goodies photographs alternative episode titles and just a bunch of lies new episodes tuesday and thursday of cadillac jack my second act part of the appen podcast network <laughs>